there. You're listening to the Align Creative Living Podcast, an empowering place for women to find inspirational topics from intuition and creativity to real life triumphs and struggles. We're talking all things soul-aligned living here. Nothing is off limits. Welcome home, sister. I'm your host, Renee Shear. Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome to today's episode. Today is episode three of the Awakened Woman series, and I am featuring special guest Sarah D'Alessandro. Sarah and I had a beautiful conversation about creativity and intuitive painting and the beautiful medicine that it creates for us in our lives when we embody our creativity. Sarah is an amazing artist and she also has an art therapy background. So we got into some really beautiful topics about healing and embodiment. So I hope you enjoy the show. And if you really do, please feel free to leave a five-star review on iTunes so that other beautiful women like yourselves can find us out there. Thanks so much and enjoy the show. Hi, Sarah. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, Renee. Thank you for having me. I am so excited. I've been looking forward to this interview with you for a while. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah me too. I know. Ever since we chatted uh, a few months back, I've been wanting to talk more um, to you about creativity and, and so many other things. But lately, I've been so focused on what this idea is of an awakened woman and what that looks like. And you came to mind for me because when I started following you a long time ago on your Instagram and um, all the beautiful art that you make, I felt so drawn in. And I think the reason why I felt so drawn in was because I felt like it was like, I would see these beautiful forms, these beautiful visions of women and the flow in your paintings. And I, I used to think to myself, I want to be that woman. Like I want to be that woman that's in those paintings and I want to paint like that too, you know, but I'll, but it was more of like, so I was really attracted to that. And I thought I want to get to know this, this girl more like I have to follow her. I'm really obsessed with her art and (laughs) everything. So that's why I started like following you initially a couple of years back. And So I'm just thrilled to have a conversation with you today because I believe that, you know, and and this is in in my opinion, and I believe this to be true, is that being creative and being in a creative flow and making art is so important. And I I would almost argue and say it's almost critical for women who are in in that divine feminine path, that, that way of being, of learning to be to be more embodied. And I can't think of a better way to become more embodied through creativity. In our case, we do it through painting. And I know there's tons of other ways that that to do it and that goes along with it. But I just want to start by asking you, like, when you think, do you when you think of like an awakened woman, what what does that feel like to you? What does that mean to you? How would you describe that for yourself? Oh, that's a good question. What first comes to mind is a woman who takes care of herself. And that can be so tricky for women, I've noticed, um, because we are 
we're pulled in so many different directions all the time. You know, we want to be, um, we want to be career women and we want to be domestic goddesses and we want to be mothers and sisters and we want to be there for our friends and all of these things. And it can be, um, I think a lot of women feel guilty to take time for themselves. I've noticed, especially even just among my personal friends and other women in my life. Um, it's some kind of unspoken generational thing that to, to kind of take time for yourselves is to take away from your family or from other aspects that are important in your life. And so I think women get kind of caught in that belief in that web and then they, they struggle with the guilt of, um, <clears throat> taking that time, whether it's, you know, to go work out or go out with a girlfriend or do, do something that is super solitary and inward, which that is what painting, like art, art making is so, can be so solitary, you know, that's, that's, that's um, maybe what's so magical about it. Um, and uh, so that, that comes to mind. And then also a woman, so a woman who takes care of herself and then a woman who knows what she wants and isn't afraid to ask for it, even if it's from herself. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. And I agree with that so much. Self-care is so important, but not just self-care, like actually making it a priority and, and not being afraid to make it a priority for yourself. Cause like you said, I feel like there's so many women out there who feel guilty to take that right. time for themselves to, to right. be inward, to have some solitude if they need solitude. Um, right. Definitely. So I love that you touched on that. Now, when we talked um, back a while ago, I remember we were talking about, um, you brought up about, you know, going inward. And you had mentioned something to me a while ago about allowing the messiness, so like allowing the messiness to flow. And I think mm -hmm. that that goes to, part of our self-care, part of making ourselves a priority. It's not always just about the beauty. Like sometimes we, right. we need to be messy and we need to feel our emotions fully. And I think an awakened woman does that, like really feels her emotions and isn't afraid to, to do that. So what would, why don't you speak to that a little bit? Like how does sure. that look for you and how you process I think a lot of people have trouble embracing rage in their life, um, male or female. And I, cause I, I don't think that we're taught how to embrace that. And you can think of rage as anger or messiness or whatever, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of things in life aren't pretty. And um, we do think of things like art, music, and dance and writing as these beautiful things and that these people that, that do these things kind of sit on in these little towers and they just kind of all day like flutter out, you know, artwork or songs or writing. But um, that might be true, but a lot of those people are also working through a lot of uh, a lot of turmoil, a lot of uh, negative emotions that maybe don't have names, a lot of stress. And, um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, I mentioned to you, I have a background in art therapy and part of that training helped me, has helped me so much in my personal artwork because it started out 
not aesthetically based at all. It was basically all about the mess. It was all about what was in the person, what was in the unconscious that was trying to literally spell onto the page and scare them. <laughs> you know, ah, it's out, it's outside of me. It's, it's, it's staring back at me and how like all of that process is part of becoming an artist and that's something something that you don't see usually on Instagram pages or when you're scrolling through your phone and you see whether it's art or you know there's lots of creativity and everything that we see whether it's the news I mean there's people in the background putting together graphics and how colors and, and fonts go together they're, they're constructing and weaving you know all of this imagery and we don't see all of the um quote unquote the messiness and uh that is something that each person has to practice and get used to on their own, you know, and it's tough. It's really, uh, it can be so awkward and very, very uncomfortable. Just like if you were jumping up to go run five miles and you never, you weren't running before that day, you would start to physically feel a lot of discomfort as your body was like, what are you doing? You know, <laughs> um, that's the same with art. If you just start going in there and you're like, I'm going to, really ask my inner child to bring up all of her issues and let's just, you know, put this out. I mean, it's, it's very, very intense. And, um, yeah, you know, like I said, that's not, I don't think most people, especially people that maybe aren't artists, but are just art appreciation type people. And they just like to look at it. They don't necessarily think about that part of the, the, the rough draft, if you will, process and how that really, really, can throw a person off for a while, to be honest. I mean, you've got to really get in there and express a lot sometimes before you can kind of um, get out a gem, so to speak. Yes, beautiful. I, I agree with you so much on that because, you know, I we're both artists, so so we understand. But there's a lot of women out there who aren't artists or feel like, they're not creative or feel like they I can know. never I, make I art. I hear people say I that. Know. I know. that my whole life. And maybe you too, if you, if you mention you make art at all, they're like, I'm not creative. You know? and you're like, but you are, you are. You are, you are. Yes. Because like you said, creativity comes in so many different forms. It's, it's really about creative flow. It's divine flow. We happen to do it through art, but I always really like to encourage women to try it if, if they never have. I mean, if it's something that they've thought about and feel like, yeah, I could, I, I've always wanted to try, but I'm afraid. So I always say, you know, just start, just start. And it can be really, um, I know it can be overwhelming because like I said, they, they don't know where to begin. Or sometimes I think, and even for me, like I'll find if I go to my art for processing, to process my emotions and things like that. Even me, who's been painting most of my life, I will have resistance, you know, because sometimes we just don't want to see those things, you know, it's because oh, yeah. we're, we're oh, in yeah. our comfort zone, you know, and it's like, I'm comfortable here. So let me just stay here. But when you're awake and what an awakened woman does, she evolves. And as she evolves, she's not afraid to face those things. She right. has the courage and the bravery to show up for herself and, and work through those emotions and work through those old stories and, and all of right. that stuff. So what right. would you say since you were, since you do have a background in art therapy, which I love, <laughs> 
like for someone who maybe is afraid or doesn't know where to begin, like what, what would you offer to, to those women who, who might be interested in starting this and maybe starting to like use art and painting as a way to start tapping into themselves, into their inner being? Um, you know, I would say to um, let, let go of expectations. And I always think it's good to start with a list, even if you're not a list making type person and get clear on what you're scared of and literally write down all of the thoughts that are coming from the personas or voices or whatever, the different ages of yourself that say, well, I can't do it. Or that teacher that one time she put my artwork up on the wall and she was really rude about it. Or I went to that critique one time and they said those things. And like all those people that are in the village of your mind, basically. And they're like saying things, you can tell them to shut up and you can tell them, you know, you don't get to speak here any longer, literally. And <clears throat> start to write down those really negative voices and just look at that outside of yourself and let that go and then get clear on what makes you feel really excited. I mean, I know we're in COVID, so it's not like everyone's going to art stores and picking up paints and stuff, <laughs> um, which is a whole journey in, in of, of itself, you know, selecting materials. But even online, you know, even if it's just, you know, through Amazon and you, you decide, well, I want to start with oil pastels uh, or, you know, um, starting with things like watercolor might be a little bit more intimidating because you can lose control so quickly of, of mediums like that. But um, choose, choose maybe a medium, medium that's controllable, like I said, like oil pastels um, or colored pencils and start to get to know it and, you know, make lots of bad art. Just tell yourself, I'm going to make like 10 drawings that I don't like and just do it. Put some music on and let your inner child come out and play. And that process in and of itself is going to be so healing and so cathartic and kick up so much dust within you. Who knows what will start to come out next? You know, you never know what might start to come out, but you have to like start traveling down that journey and through the forest. You have to get through that thick, dark forest in order to get to the mountaintop or whatever, you know, you can't just like go immediately and, and make just this beautiful effortless painting. Usually you usually have to have some kind of, um, what's the word like rough draft period. And if you just accept that and just keep going, it makes it a lot easier. Like, look, I made this really ugly drawing or painting, like just laugh about it and keep going. And you can even, I mean, I, I burn a lot of things. That's kind of my thing. I have a fire pit. <laughs> um, so I love you're, that. Free, you're free to make like 10, you know, or more, however many, like just, you know, rage it out, whatever, cry. I mean, just emote, emote, emote into the art and then burn it and then see what happens. And no one, no one can tell you, no one can say like what kind of art you might make. And that is the beautiful part of the creative process, you know? Oh my gosh. I, I love this so much. You're speaking my language, <laughs> sister. <laughs> I mean, one, I mean, sometimes I personally love to just make really ugly stuff, you know, like oh, yeah. I'll even pull out my art journal and I'll just scribble the hell out of stuff just to get, like you said, just to feel the emotions. And I think that's where a lot of people get hung up is that they don't realize right. that art doesn't always have to be pretty. And, right. you know, it does evolve, 
you know, just like, just like art evolves and your art evolves, you evolve as a person as well. So it's, it's just a journey is really what it is. And it's honoring that journey and where you are right now and letting go of the comparison and letting go of the judgment and all the criticism and just honoring that. And it's, oh gosh, it, and it does, it pains me because I was actually, I have a friend of mine who told me a story that just the other day, um, when she was in high school, I believe it was, and she was in an art class, her art teacher, she had a male art teacher and he told her, you're a terrible artist. And so she never picked up the paintbrush again. And I, I was like, oh honey, we need to, we need to let that go. We, we need to let that go because like, I think she really wanted to try it again. Like it kind of interested her, but she had that old pain, that old trauma of, of this art teacher telling her you suck essentially. Right. <laughs> You're yeah, not an artist. I, I always hate to hear stories like that. And I've heard a lot, I feel like of even elementary school art teachers back in the day. And I just can't even believe that that kind of stuff ever, you know, I, I just can't imagine telling a child, you know, that their artwork isn't good. Yeah. And that's why I think like, just to, just to tack on to like what you already said and how to approach it is, you know, letting go of those stories. You know, if you have like experiences like that in the past and you really want to try to do this, you know, let that out, paint it out, draw it out, scribble it out, whatever you have to do. And then the other thing, and I want to talk about with you as well is that I know for me, I developed this whole painting process where I use it as a means to really strengthen my intuition, my intuitive muscles. And I believe mm. that could be a really strong, potent, powerful way for women to live their life because we are intuitive beings and, you know, being feminine, we, we should be leading from, from that place, you know, not from, mm. not from our mind or ego mind, but from being more embodied in our body. And I believe that when we, use art and creativity as a way to, to process and to emote and to embody, it opens up this, this beautiful doorway for your intuition to become so much stronger because what you're doing is you're, you're intuitively processing. So right. you never know, not only do you never know where your art is going to take you, but I always say, and, and I do this a lot, and I've, I've worked with other women who do this, is it, they start to receive sort of downloads and inspiration and aha right. moments like, oh, this is what I need to know. This is the lesson. Um, this is what I need to work through. This is why I'm feeling this way. What can I, you know, those sorts of things. What do you feel about that? Um, yes, yes. I think that, um, you know, one of the metaphors that I always used from art therapy school was um, when you, you take your experiences in life and you put them outside of yourself, they, uh, and some of them are non-verbal or non, you know, there aren't always words for things and um, experiences outside of yourself. And then you, you see them reflected back into your eyes and they, they get refiled in your brain, literally. And that's the beauty of art therapies. You take an experience that may not have a, a placeholder in a, a fi the file cabinet, so to speak. And you, 
you transmute it essentially, and you're able to store it where it goes and have more control over it. And so, you know, by putting things that are, are thoughts and emotions and experiences that are in your internal worlds, by putting them outside of yourself, you are calling on so many different parts of yourself. You're calling on like all the ages you've ever been, you know, all the various archetypes within you. And you're, you're kind of gelling them together and then allowing certain ones to speak or all of them to speak. And so the amount of healing and the amount of, um, intuitive wisdom that can come through that process is just limitless. And I think that is just something that, you know, each individual kind of has to experience for themselves. And, um, it's not like only certain people, you know, (laughs) everyone has to, if they want to go on a creative journey of some kind, then it's, it's just truly an individual journey, you know? Yes. Yes, absolutely. And I know that, excuse me, I know that we're talking about a lot of heavy stuff, but I also want to touch on the fact that something else that a beautiful embodied woman does is she knows how to play and have fun. So making art and painting is also, that's another aspect of it is just allowing yourself to play with that and with that little girl that lives inside you. Oh yeah. Like just have fun, forget about all the other junk for a minute and just do it because you want to do it because you love it. And there's other ways to to do that too. You know, just have fun, go out and play in the grass and, you know, do a cartwheel or, or whatever you want to do. So how do you like to, to have fun in your days and like make space, like make space for fun. Yeah. I actually do do a lot of cartwheels because I've been trying to, <laughs> well, I've been teaching my five-year-old and um, she's been doing a good job because I show her all the time. And so um, I, I have my kids all the time. So I do do a lot of like kid activities, but um, that in and of itself doesn't like, didn't automatically start to heal and bring out my own inner child. Um, I mean, some, but I had to start to really create space for her in my life as this divine being. Um, it took me some time after I first started focusing on inner child healing more in about 2010 or 2009, I would read a lot about it, but I wouldn't necessarily do anything besides like read and wish like, and think I would like read, (laughs) wish, think, like, Oh, you know, (laughs) um, but I finally got to a point where I realized I had to make it clear within my consciousness that I was welcoming all the ages and especially the youngest ages that really wanted to play. Um, so I do have pictures of my inner child, um, on my altar and and various places. I even have some of my elementary school yearbooks, um, in like a place where they're kind of like, a like a decor piece, you know, and that was kind of a recent thing. That wasn't exactly what your question was, but I, um, at least within, within my little realm here, within my studio where I'm painting and whatever, you know, I just don't, I just stopped judging her. I think that was 
a big move is to allow fun into my life is to stop judging my inner child. And we kind of, the inner, the inner parent or the inner critic, you know, kind of naturally does it. And when you just let her be and let her do what she wants to do and use the material she wants to use or use the right hand, the left hand, whatever, you know, um, listen to whatever kind of music like that is just to me, one of the most nourishing things you can do for your own, you know, inner child. And like, again, like small, small things like listening to a song that you liked when you were very young, you know, and painting to it. Like I do stuff like that all the time. I'm always like digging up like stuff that different like parts of me were into and allowing them to, you know, kind of revel in that, that, what they loved at the time. I don't, I don't know how much other people do that, but, but I do. Oh my gosh. I love that. <laughs> I, <laughs> I love that. I've been listening to Jewel so much like the last few months. Um, Cause that was a big part of my 13 year old self. And I've been working with, with that part a lot. And um, uh, she just keeps wanting to listen to, <laughs> to Jewel over and over, but I'm sure that will, that will change. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, that's so beautiful. It's such a beautiful yeah. example of, of what it can look like and just the letting go. Cause when you, when you're a child, I mean, the way it should look, and it's unfortunate that for a lot of us, we don't have those happy memories, but um, you know, the way it should look is that being a child is all about the innocence and, and the learning and the growing and the having fun and being in the moment and dancing and playing. Oh yeah. Just, you know, Dance. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I love to, I love to do ecstatic, um, ecstatic paintings. So like, like ecstatic dance where I'll put on like a playlist or something <clears throat> and I'll work on a fake canvas and I'll just dance as I'm painting. And I, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just throwing paint on there, whatever, oh, yeah. whatever comes out, you know, and it's, it's great. So it's like a combination of I'm moving my body and I'm creating something at the same time. And the divine is, is with me. The divine is with us when we're in that creative right. flow. Right. So it just naturally attracts more and more of that beautiful goodness that, that we all desire, that we all yeah. want. Yes. Yes. I love that. I love dancing. I, I do dance a lot. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. So with your art, because you make these, I've noticed that your art's evolving. You're starting like a new series, but for a long yeah. time, it looked yeah. like your art, you know, these beautiful female forms that you've been painting for so long. How did, would you say, or, or maybe explain a little, like, how would you say that it evolved into that on your own journey? Um. You know, I don't know if I've ever really had anyone ask me that question in that way. Um, so I've never thought about the answer, but what's coming to me is just that I, um, I had to reclaim my sexuality and my sensuality. Um, and I didn't know how to do that. It felt very, um, I don't, you know, there's probably books on that, I suppose, but at the time I just didn't know how to address some of the, the parts of myself that again, I had to reclaim, I had to express, I felt like had to grow and heal in a really balanced way. 
And that's just how it started to come out. And um, I think so many women related to the, the divine feminine series that I created because they felt unapologetic and unabashed. And I, and that's how I wanted to feel. I didn't want to feel sorry. I didn't want to feel ashamed. And, um, that that's how they came out. You know, I wanted them to be, you know, and I, I know I'm kind of shifting more into some landscape work now. So it's a little different, but that, that powerful feminine energy that was coming through me in, in 2017, 2018, um, it's still, it's still in there. Um, you know, I, I loved, I loved making them. I, I might make some more, I don't know, but I just, it was like this whole, um, this whole experience that I, I, uh, I couldn't find words for, you know, and again, maybe so many women, like they relate to that because there aren't, there weren't words. Um, yeah. So it just came out in images. Thank you so much for sharing that and, and being vulnerable about that, because I think it's so important and it's 100% relatable. I can relate 100% to that. I know um, for a long time when I was painting, I was very resistant to paint um, figures. And then one day I just decided like, it's like, now it's like all I want to (laughs) do because, because it's like the last couple of years, I've been really focused so much more on, on, on the divine being and in being in touch with my physical body, like you said, my sensuality, honoring the woman that I am and, and, and not apologizing for it. And this is so important because, you know, when you start to wake up, you start to realize that your own beauty, you start to realize your own beauty. And I think, I think that that um, just goes back to like, when you said there's sometimes there's no words. I was just talking about this the other day where how a lot of times I will use painting and I encourage other women to use painting as a way to express because sometimes there just are no words. Like, and I know a lot of people like to write and journal and I love that and it's so beautiful, but I know like for me personally, my brain goes quicker than I can even write. And I really personally like to see the flow, the flow, the flow, the flow. And I feel like by using paint with the colors and the textures and the, and the movement, there seems to be so much more of an embodiment with that because you're actually moving your body when you're doing it. Right. You know, it's like a, it's, it's hard for me to like, I can't even put it into words. <laughs> Well, and, you know, I think there's, there's parts of ourselves, there's personas that are gonna, and there's even times of the moon cycle, I think where writing is just flowing. I mean, it's like painting, you know, and yeah. other times it's like, why would I write? That seems so hard, you know, it seems impossible. <laughs> I mean, seriously, you know, I feel it really is kind of a moon cycle thing for me at least. And then, you know, um, then there's, there's personas, like I said, that just, that, uh, don't that are nonverbal, I think, you know, and that, or the experience was a somatic, you know, in the body experience that was never 
translated into words inside your mind, you know, or at least that's like an art therapy reference where you can't, you can't tap into the experience with words because it was never put into words. And again, there aren't them. So it's, it stays in the body. And so it can only come out through art and it's stored, stored in images. So Wow. Well, I just learned something new today. I love that. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I, I've said this before. I, I forget. It's hard for me sometimes, at least when it comes to the, the art therapy and even art therapy and trauma because of my background that I, um, I forget that everyone doesn't know this, you know, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's, it's very powerful, very powerful medicine. And again, like I said, some, some personas are only going to want to talk in writing and some personas are only going to want to talk in pictures and they're both, you know, important and they're both valuable, but one might not be able to, you know, speak the other's language. Yeah. And I I love that because, you know, the way that you mentioned it uh, being like for you personally, kind of cyclical, because, you know, we're, we're feminine, we're cyclical beings and honoring what feels good to us in that moment. So if you feel like writing and expressing that way and the flow is coming, beautiful, do it. But if it doesn't feel good, I say, find something else that feels good. If it's like you said, expressing through pictures or in some other form. But I think the important part is that we find a way to actually express what it is that we're doing or that we need creatively. Right. Right. Yeah. So for, I, I wanted to also um, ask you since you are a mom and you know, that's your, that's your full-time job <laughs> and we talked, so full-time. <laughs> yeah, we talked a lot about, you know, all of these beautiful things. So for moms out there who find it really hard to, you know, make themselves a priority, what kind of things help you? How do you, what could you recommend to just help them sort of do these kinds of things without feeling the guilt? Yes. So um, I feel like I have to preface this with, I've had an extensive amount of therapy in all kinds of ways. You know, I'm not just over here, like never had any kind of therapy. And then just here I am 36 mom of two. I'm going to, you know, I mean, I've had an, I've been, I mean, it's just every kind of modality you can think of. And now I mainly just heal myself, but that's because of extensive years, you know, 20 years of various modalities. So I'm very well versed in in that kind of thing. Um, and I'm not saying that's like a prerequisite, but, um, I just wanted to say that. So, uh, uh, yeah, the guilt thing, you know, I think that you just have to start to push past that and use the part of your mind. That's the planner, you know, the part of your mind that's like, okay, we're going to all go to the park and we're going to get snacks and get everyone changed. And we're going to, we're going to make it happen, get in the car. And like, you're just determined, like this is going to happen. So you got to use that same part of yourself that you would, you would use for your kids or for your family to plan like a big outing for yourself and say, okay, first off, I need to make a little space for me, even if it's just on top of it. Like my little altar in the bedroom is on top of a dresser and I use it. I have it there so that if in the middle of the night, 
I need to go and like light a candle for a minute and jot some things down. I can. It's important. I feel like for me to have that, I don't, you know, I recommend that for everyone. Um, so it could be part of a closet. It can be part of wherever in your home, especially if it's accessible when you have alone time and, or again, middle of the night, um, that's very important. I mean, I think everyone, no matter who you are, needs to have their own little space. Again, even if it's just very tiny, you know, you keep that space, you have a journal, you have a candle, um, maybe you're able to have, you know, play a little music or, or whatever. You always can come back to that space and you can say, what is going on? What is happening? Um, so there's that. And then also, you know, deciding if you do want to make art or even journal art for yourself, you know, making journal entries with little doodles or adding colors. I mean, just being able to add color to your journal is huge for some people. I get it. I know. I mean, I've been there myself at times and I've, I have friends. It's just to, to even just have like a red marker and draw a streak would be radical. You know, I mean, some <laughs> people don't, they don't just like throw color around in their life, you know, and that's, 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 you know, start there. Heck, I mean, you know, grab your, just, grab like, your kids supplies, right? Grab your kids marker, markers <laughs> and get a journal. I don't care if it's just a little spiral, you know, journal. I think people get in their minds that you have to look like Pinterest or you have to look like these curated Instagram mm. um, influencers. And so, you know, there's two different things. There's an experience of something. And then there's a, there's a photograph that's staged and they both have purposes and they both have uses, but it's not like, you know, when you're having this experience of creativity, you know, that it looks like this beautiful photograph, you kind of like have the experience and then you kind of stage and pose for the photograph. You know, they're just two different things. And I think people get really caught up in like, well, I need to have this kind of journal and I should have this kind of pen. And then like this, you know, this should look this way. And like, if that's your thing and that's, exciting for you and like nourishing for you, then do it. But if it's stressing you out and making you feel guilty, then don't do it. Start with what makes you, what's the easiest and what makes you feel good, you know, and then move past those blockages because there'll be more and more blockages before you can get into a flow state. Yeah. I love that. That that's all great information. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I've, I've worked lot of my close mom friends. So I have, I have had that kind of conversation before. (laughs) That's so cool. And yeah, Yeah. I agree. Like, you know, even if it's just getting a couple, just a couple different colored pens or markers or pencils or whatever, you know, just like add a little bit of color to your life too. (laughs) Or like you said, just doodling. Uh Yeah. That, you know, and people, when they doodle, I've noticed like if they don't, like if currently people, sometimes people don't even handwrite these days, you know what I mean? They literally don't pick up a pen. So even picking up a pen to like write something down is kind of like opening some floodgates, you know, and there could be some, you know, uncomfortable things, even just from handwriting. Cause again, that's kind of an art form and people it's, it's kind of, you know, not necessarily needed every day. Um, but, uh, you know, people tend to go back to, uh, adolescent doodle stage. I've noticed people will doodle doodles from their junior high self first, because, you know, in class, you always made little faces and the flowers and like whatever. And I've seen that through 
experiences with art therapy where that's the first place people go back to. They draw those characters, you know, because they don't know what else to draw right off the bat. They're like, oh, I draw this thing I drew in eighth grade on all my notes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and that's fine. That's fine, you know. Yeah, um, at least you're expressing it. I love that. Right. I right. still do that. Like if I'm on like a, I don't know, if I've been on like a boring work call or if I was, you know, some in oh, a yeah. retreat or something and I have my journal, like I'll always doodle and it'll be like little pictures of flowers or squiggles or uh, who knows, just anything, yeah. you know, yeah. just to, just to get it out. I love oh, that. Yeah. And, and I love that you brought up the fact of actually writing with your hand because I do believe that is truly important. I had to learn that myself because everything's technology now. Like I'll even, like I dictate into my phone a lot so that I don't have to type, you know? And, or a lot of people- I didn't like, even think of that. Yeah. And then like, you know, a lot of people like to journal on their computers and stuff, you know, everything's tech techie, but there's, it's like going back to that old art form of writing with right. your hand. I, I mean, love hand. Yeah. And, and, I think back to like, remember when you were in school, in elementary school, and you got in trouble and the teacher would make you write on the chalkboard a hundred times, I will not dot, 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 or whatever it was. And yeah. you, it was horrible and your arm hurt and you're like, oh my God. But what they were doing is they were, they were building a new habit in you. They were trying to recondition your brain somehow so that you wouldn't do that anymore. And it's, I kind of, I mean, I have, that's a whole nother topic, but it kind of is like that. Taking that time to write things down, you know, with your hand. Um, right. It just, starts to permeate it into your consciousness, which yes. is so important or saturate, you know? Yeah. It's important. Yeah, for sure. Mind, body. Yeah. And even you mentioned earlier, like painting, like with your non-dominant hand, I've done right. that before. It's really uncomfortable. I had to write with my non-dominant hand once for something and it was really uncomfortable, but I learned a lot about myself by doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I, there's a whole book um, called inner, I think it's called inner child workbook. It's from like 1990. I have it downstairs. I'm almost finished with it. It's really thick and it's all about non-dominant drawing for the inner child. And, uh, it, it has been amazing, amazing for me. And yeah. that's also a way that it's like, if you know, it's going to be ugly, <laughs> you're yeah. like, okay, we're, start, we're starting this out. We know <laughs> where we're at with this, you know, <laughs> yeah, so there's for sure. the, the bar is lowered <clears throat> for sure. Yeah. I, I actually remember crying <laughs> when I was doing it. Like, yeah. Oh, was well, you're yeah. And you're tapping into <laughs> Which, which reminds me too, you know, inner child work also, you know, there's like, there's, there's the shadow child too. I mean, there's, there's the light and fluffy and fun and like, let's go back and like you said, like roll in the grass and play, but then there's all these wounds, you know, and that's just a whole thing. But for me, like I, I, I'm very into like the words clarity and like internal clarity and giving things names, you know, giving parts of yourselves names and, um, you know, the, the shadow child or the wounded child archetype within you of like, you know, working with that part is very, very cathartic. We usually think of inner child is just like this one thing, but like, in my experience, it's just all these, it's so many, <laughs> you know, but like, but, but highlighting, you know, the darkness 
that most people have at some point, you know, even if it's small, like quote unquote, you know, little T trauma of having a dispute with a friend, you know, that was just never resolved and never, you know, brought to light. Like that is, you know, beautiful to work with those parts. I think, I think sometimes we can get so caught up in like the level of trauma and trauma comparison, you know, and we were just like, um, I'm fine. Like nothing really that bad happened. You know, it's, I'll be, I'll be okay. Like, I mean, this, these people, they had it so much worse, so I'll be fine. But that but you can't negate, you know, those, those parts of yourself, like those voices are so valid and, and want to be seen and heard by no one else, but you, you know, and so it's up to each person to listen and work through. Yes. Yeah. Words. That's, that's beautiful. It's kind of a tangent. Sorry. No, not a tangent at all. It's, it's perfect. It's, it's, it's so true. There's so much truth to that. I mean, we have so many aspects that live within our being, you know, this, the, right our life from the moment we're born up until who we are right in this very moment. There's so many experiences, so many different things. I mean, it, it's, it's endless right. <laughs> and it doesn't mean that they all need attention, but there are definitely lots of parts of us that need a little extra love, mm-hmm. you know, no matter whether it was at two or 10 or 20 or however old you are or 40. Right. <laughs> right. You know, and this is what I love about the creativity, um, just coming back, circling back to to this all, um, because I mean, it just opens up this whole world of, of beauty and seeing the beauty in the pain, seeing the beauty in the ache, seeing the beauty in the yes. trauma. It feels yes. like shit, but as you work through it and you honor it, and you move through it, it's, it's so beautiful because right. it just, it, it, it's a healing. I mean, and that, that's really where I, I look at a lot of this art practice is, is for healing. Not, I mean, not just for healing, but that is a huge part of it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's beautiful. So if anyone would like to follow you online, where can they reach you Sarah or where can they find you so I'm pretty much just on Instagram at Sarah de Alessandro and um you know I haven't been as active through uh since COVID started really mainly because I'm just with my kids all the time and I try to I try to do things here and there but it's it's um I think there's a light in the tunnel actually right now um I have some vaccinated grandparent assistance um, so, and, and Vivi's at school. So it's, I, I feel like I'm going to have more availability, um, to really, uh, put more art like I used to, and just more like fun content into my Instagram. Cause it's, it's just kind of came to a halt for a while, but I know a lot of people can relate to that from, from 2020. Oh, most definitely. But at least the things that you have out there now on your feed are, are just gorgeous. So, oh, thank um, you. <laughs> um, so great. And I just want to say thank you so much for having, joining me and having this conversation with me today. It's been such a pleasure talking to another fellow artist who's passionate about painting and creativity and all of that. It's just, it just, it's been so lovely having you. 
Oh, thank you, Renee. I appreciate it so much. I feel like I haven't gotten to just sit and talk about this kind of stuff with, with anyone in so long. And it's, it's just, it's just so nice and lovely. And thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please help other women who need to hear this inspiring episode by leaving a five-star review on iTunes. And if you're ready to start the transition to your soul-aligned work in the world, go to www.reneeshear.com and apply to work with Renee or schedule a free discovery call. Until next time, thanks for listening.